So I invite you to go to the first chapter of Colossians. Here in Colossians, we see the glory of our Savior put on display. The one who is creator is king. The one who is king is ruler of his church. The one who is the ruler of his church claims that church as his own body all for the pleasure and glory of his Father. I'd like to read <clears throat> at length, and not uh, not briefly, but read the context leading into Colossians 1. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 13. Colossians 1 and verse 13. Speaking of the Father and his kindness, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers, or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will have come to have first place in everything. For was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him, holy and blameless, and beyond reproach. <clears throat> and, if you continue, no and, sorry, if you continue, if you indeed continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what was lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom 
so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. We proclaim him, the one who is the fullness of the the word of God being carried out, verse 25, the one who is filling up what is lacking, Paul, speaking to the fullness of all that Christ is as we look to him, as we are obligated by him to serve and to minister the gospel for him. Let us look this morning to what I think would be helpfully understood in our uh, context as the key to missions, the key to missions. What is the key to missions? Might the Lord direct us as we look to this text? Might we bow and ask his blessing as we begin to look to Colossians? Let's look to the Lord together. Lord, it is with joy that we know that one day we will be in your presence. Even now, your son dwells in us and we are his body. And yet one day, as that portent of what is to come is fulfilled in its fullness. One day we will be with you and with your son and with the Holy Spirit who is at work in us. Lord, we look forward to that day. And we pray that even as we consider this text, we might rejoice to think on who you are, and what you have done in sending your son for us. Mold us and shape us, we pray. In Christ's great name, amen. Colossians is written from a prison cell among the prison epistles written by Paul as he's undergoing suffering and hardship. And yet he doesn't delay. He doesn't halt in being quick to go to the reason for his joy and suffering. Not just suffering, but suffering with joy. Verse number 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Paul is going about the missionary endeavor, going about the apostolic endeavor of establishing the church, spreading forth the gospel of Christ. And Paul is doing that so that we might have an example. And what does he give us as an example? He gives us himself suffering, suffering how? With joy, 
Suffering, why? For what purpose? For the purpose of others. And, and if we have Paul as that great example of going through suffering for the sake of the gospel and the proclamation of the gospel and the help of others through the gospel, if we have that joy in seeing what Paul has, has done in suffering, uh, how much more should our testimony be clear and our joy be great when our suffering is little and our hardship is small? Paul says, in my flesh, I do my share on behalf of Christ's body. That is the church. He's, he's working for the exaltation of the church. This, this is the purpose of missions in our day. That Christ might be uplifted. That his church might be seen for what it is. Christ's body. Paul has a special ministry obligation. Verse 25, of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. Again, this, this language of the, the help that Paul desires to be in laboring. He's a minister. He has a stewardship. In, in laboring, he's to be a benefit to others, the uh, Churches in the Lycia Valley, the, the churches, Colossi, Herapolis, Herapolis, and others there. Um, Paul is seeking to be a blessing to them so that they might lift up the word of God, so that he might be seen to be fully carrying out the preaching of the word of God. End of verse 25. If his purpose is to benefit others, he does it by lifting up the word of God. How, how do you lift up the church? How do you lift up the, the body of Christ and help others to focus on Christ in Christ's body? By lifting up the word of God. Or in the language that, that uh, Paul uses, this language of filling out, making full. So that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is the gospel. That word of God is a blessing to all believers. That word of God is a blessing, especially to the people in Colossae and especially to us for that word of God that Paul is proclaiming in the gospel is that the Messiah came not just for the Jews, but the Messiah came for all who would put their trust in him. This is the mystery. The mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints. Now, Paul has very clearly put forth who the saints are in this text. Go back to the very beginning. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints. And faithful brethren. What has Paul just done in, in one little word? That possessive pronoun, his. Paul has just made clear that the Messiah did not come just for the Jews and for the benefit of the Jews, but rather all those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
All those are his saints. The ones who are holy, the ones being made holy, the ones kept by God in that holiness. We read of that in verse 23. He's he's going to present us holy and blameless, verse 22, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed by me, Paul, uh, who is a minister of these things. God is making us holy. God requires that we be faithful in laboring to that holiness. And even those who are not Jews can partake in that glorious joy. This mystery has now been manifested to his saints, verse 27, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ body in Colossae. Christ indwelling the church in Colossae. This is the the richness of, of the glory of God put into physical bodies and into a physical body, the church in Colossae, so that others might see God and exalt him for all that he is and all that we do not understand and all of his perfection. God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This leads us then to the question. What is the key to missions? What is the key to missions? If the fullness of the word of God is going to be proclaimed, if the, the fullness of filling up the, the afflictions of Christ and Christ's body, which is how I, I take it to be there in verse 24, is going to be accomplished. How, how will, should we go forth in missions? Now, we don't use this language of a, uh, so the, the New Testament here isn't using the language of key, but we frequently uh, encounter keys. Um, my wife and I went on a little excursion this week since the grandparents were able to spoil the, the children, some of you know, uh, uh, or heard. But um, we, we uh, stayed at two different places, and at both places we were given a key. One was electronic and very... Uh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't plastic, so that was a little more... It was, it was a wood... Um, but uh, it was electronic nonetheless, uh, uh, almost throwaway, but it was wood. Um, the other, though, was a key like you would, you would think and consider it. And uh, the, uh, the innkeeper, when he gave us the key, uh, said, here's, here's the mountains. The mountains go up. <laughs> uh, this, this is how the key works. And uh, while we were away, we needed that key to get back into to our room. Um, we happened uh, by chance, another key story, we happened by chance to only take one set of keys uh, driving for the car. Um, and so every time we were getting out of the car, we were being very careful. 
Do we have the keys? Right? Keys are helpful. Keys are important. If you, if you don't have the keys, this can be not just a small problem, but a big problem. How much more so if the topic at hand is more important than getting into a, a room for the night or getting back to the Twin Cities without somebody having to drive a key all the way to bring it? If the topic is missions, if the topic is lifting up the glory of, of the Father and of Christ, how much more important that we know the key, have the key, are faithful with the key? And I think the first um, phrase of verse 28 helpfully points us to the key. We proclaim him. As Paul labors with Timothy, as Paul has heard from Epaphras, as Paul sends back the letter to the Colossians with other ministers, he says, we proclaim him. You can summarize the key to the gospel in one word. Christ. Jesus is the key to the gospel. Do, do you know Jesus? If we know Jesus, then we know the joys. Now I rejoice, verse 24, in my suffering for your sake and in my flesh, I do share on behalf of the body, which is the church filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Paul has joy even in afflictions related to spreading the, the, the gospel. Why? Because he knows Christ. He knows the Lord. Verse 3 of the, the, the chapter. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praying always for you since we've heard of your faith in Christ. Here is the hope that that Paul has, that he would with Epaphras, uh, our fellow, a beloved fellow bondservant, also be a faithful servant of Christ. Verse number seven. <coughs> Paul knows Christ. And that comes out in, in how he writes. It comes out in how he handles suffering and affliction. It comes out in how he speaks the gospel. He's able, because of the joy of Christ, to be faithful in the gospel ministry and missions. But if that is implied in this language, we proclaim him, that there's a reason to proclaim him, that there's a joy behind the proclamation which, uh, which Paul gives, it's very clear here that this proclamation has other related benefits all pertaining to Christ. Christ is the key to missions. Why? Because the uh, Christ propels our joy in speaking of him. Christ, as we know him, brings us the joy of singing, all hail the power of Jesus. 
name. And, and if you know Jesus, how can you not go and sing that forth to others? But beyond the joy that, that is the key, that's implicit here in this text, there is Christ as the, the focus of the proclamation itself. We proclaim him. We proclaim the one who is in you the hope of glory. As you look to Christ in the gospel, you look to the one who is our only hope, our only salvation, our only sure and steadfast foundation. Apart from Christ, how could there be any hope of glory? Very clearly, Paul focuses his mission's endeavors, as we would expect even by our name. We, like those in the book of Acts, have come to be known as Christians. We proclaim him. He is the subject of our proclamation that we might have eternity, that we might have Forgiveness of sins. We read of this as we read of the joy of knowing, um, knowing God's uh, rescue. Verse 13 and 14. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. The Father rescued us from darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We, we cannot know redemption. We cannot know forgiveness apart from knowing Christ. So we proclaim him with joy, with clarity. We proclaim him, not ourselves, not something other than him. And then thirdly, Christ is the key to the gospel because it is to Christ that we are growing. It is into Christ that we are growing. It is for Christ, uh, for Christ's glory that we live and that we have the hope of eternal judgment. The judgment of God will be glorious for all those who are Christ. As you see in the latter portion of verse 28, we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. In other words, Christ is the purpose of the mission's proclamation. We proclaim him, but we don't proclaim him merely as a get-out-of-jail-free card. We, we don't proclaim him merely as a eternal joy-in-heaven card. We proclaim him so that we might mature, be found blameless and without blemish in Christ. As, as Christians, we are growing. Apart from Christ, we cannot grow. 
Apart from Christ, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Or as Paul says here, verse 21, although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Uh, apart from Christ, we, we have no maturing hope. We have no maturing Christ-likeness. But Paul labors, he admonishes. This, this language has to do with uh, speaking words of correction. Correction in accordance with the truth. Okay? So this, this is the kind of language that sometimes uh, parents will use with their children. You, you may not do this or that. Why? Because your parents told you you may not do this or that. We gave you this obligation, this this truth, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. We then gave you a particular path of obedience. And so now you're obligated to that path of obedience. This correcting on the basis of truth that's the idea of admonishing and then teaching has to do with what we would normally think of in terms of teaching conveying of the truth not not with the the implication of necessary correction but even going beyond uh correction to just the elevation of of knowledge and right thinking for those who are Christ all for the purpose of being complete in Christ. Lastly, if Christ is the key, Christ is the key in missions because apart from Christ, we have no way of motivating ourselves in faithfulness proclaiming the gospel ministry, the gospel message. For this purpose, I also labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Christ indwells his church, verse number 24. And as Christ is mightily at work within his church, he is, according to his power, helping us to strive, helping us to labor. It's not a small power. It's a mighty work which God is doing through Christ in us. And so I've seen the the hype and hoopla preachers who want to get the fervor of the crowd going so that they can have people respond to their message. And, and Paul is, is helping us here. The, the thing that motivates us, the thing that should motivate others, is Christ himself. Christ himself. It's his power that helps us in, as we go forth. If we come into the kinds of afflictions that Paul came into, that Paul exampled again and again coming into. 
if, if we come into those kinds of afflictions, how will we have the, the, the possibility of going into the jail and singing the hymns with Silas? We'll, we'll only have that possibility of being faithful in, in missions if we're faithful to the key because Christ is the one who pr- uh, promotes and preserves us, who helps us to prosper, who gives us the power to continue in faithfulness to the message. It's not about what we know, the gospel, as if it's some philosophy, some particular bit of knowledge that you need to have. The gospel requires particular and true knowledge, but that knowledge is all centered not in some intellectual or philosophical way of thinking. That gospel is centered in the person of Jesus. We proclaim him. The gospel is not about what we know. The gospel is not about what we do. It's not as if we're going forth with the message that someone like Joel Osteen proclaims. Your life can be better and you can do better. Moralism and ethics. The gospel isn't about what we do. The gospel is about Christ. Therefore, Christ is the key to missions. Might we be those who like this word striving, sometimes translated struggling. For this purpose, I also labor, striving or struggling according to his power, which mightily works within me. Might we be those who like this word teaches us? It's an athletic term. It's a term of putting oneself through rigor so that there might be a prize attained. So there might be a victory won. Might we be those faithful to the key that we might have the joy of all the victory that Christ has for us. Let us bow and pray. Lord, in so many ways, we complicate the gospel and the mission's endeavor. Lord, forgive us when we hold our tongue because we do not think ourselves smart enough to engage in conversation with some person or another. Forgive us when we import into the gospel and the mission's endeavor other activities separate from and different than lifting up Christ. We pray that you might help us to be faithful in proclaiming Christ. We pray this even relying on the power that he supplies us. 
and the joy of this privilege in prayer. We pray in his name. Amen. In the Psalter again, the blue, uh, Psalm 23b, the king of love, my shepherd is. Psalm 23b, the king of love, my shepherd is. Would you stand as we sing together? The king of love.
Might the Lord bless as you go forth, empowering you even this week to sing his praise. You are dismissed.